0: And Welcome to Start Right Here, a podcast where we discuss breaking in, standing out, and the path to success in the beauty industry. I'm your host, Corinne Corbett, and I hope the conversations I have with my guests inspire you to forge a path of your own. Let's get started. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Nikita Wilson, who is a cosmetic chemist who specializes in the beauty industry, and she's also an entrepreneur, so we're going to hear about her career journey and what it takes to be a cosmetic chemist. Welcome, Nikita.
1: Yay! So glad to be here. You know, any chance I have to talk about the industry and being a cosmetic chemist, being a Black woman cosmetic chemist, I'm here with bells on, even early in the morning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, early in the morning.
1: Let's start. Can you give us your 30-second bio? Absolutely. I am a cosmetic chemist. I am not actively at the bench on my day-to-day, but I do have a lab in my basement. So once a chemist, always a chemist, always tinkering. I am in product development primarily where I help brands bring products to life to help them grow and stay relevant.
0: Great. Was the beauty industry a detour or a destination for you?
1: Ooh, I would definitely say it was a detour because I didn't even know the beauty industry existed. I don't know who I thought made everything. Maybe elves came out and made the products and put them on the shelf. It didn't even occur to me that cosmetic chemistry wasn't a thing. You know, being a kid interested in science, where I wanted to be a doctor. You know, what science-loving kid didn't want to become a doctor? Went to college through the health careers program. I went to a summer program in University of Virginia, where it was all about you know studying for the MCAT and trailing doctors to see the day to day. And I'm like, I am not committed to this. The whole world of forensics was really interesting to me. So that's what I went for right out of college. I had a job and quickly realized within the first week, I hated the job. I hated the people. I hated the location. There was nothing, nothing at all that I liked about it. And I wasn't good at it. Every time I put in a result, the doctors would question it. And it's like, I followed the directions. I don't know what else you want from me. So I quickly realized that I am not an analytical chemist. Okay. <laughs> so I learned that about myself. At that point, I just sent him, started sending my resume out everywhere because I had, the situation was toxic. Like I just had to get out of there. It was a state job. No one had ambition. They were all just happy to be here, happy to work for the state. And I'm like, there's gotta be more than life in this. Why are you talking to me like that? I don't know you. You do not know me. We are not friends. I got to get out of here. It was miserable. It took me about nine months to get out of there. And actually where I landed up was a consulting company in Fairfield that specialized in personal care. I was like, I don't know what it is, but listen, I'm going for it. And I got the job. And when I say, when I started working there, it was like, a princess going into a meadow with the birds and butterflies landing on her fingers and whistling the tune. Like it was home. This is where I belonged. And that's where I thrived. And it's just been great ever since. So yeah, it was a detour.
0: So forensics is very different from product. Very
1: different. But how
0: did you make that adjustment? What was it, was it like? <laughs>
1: Well, it took me a long time to realize that I didn't need to wear two pairs of gloves. (laughs) The president of the company, he's like, you are making lotion. It's going to go on your body anyway. You don't need to wear two pairs of gloves. I'm like, I just went from dealing with body fluids and stuff that had all types of diseases to shampoos, conditioners. It was different. The owner of the company at the time became one of the greatest mentors that I have ever had. So from that, I started studying. So you had to at least get the batch started. So while the batch was mixing, I go to the ingredient dictionaries, start looking up the ingredients. Why am I using this? What is it for? And he would start to quiz me. He would come behind me and say, oh, what are you working on? And he'd point to an ingredient. It's like, what's that? I think that is amazing
0: that you had the opportunity to work for Somebody who was so thoughtful.
1: He really shaped my career and put me on the trajectory to where I am right now.
0: It was, okay, I'm not even going to teach you this job. I'm going to teach you this industry
1: Mm -hmm. so that
0: you get why we do what we do, and then you can think about how we can do it better.
1: Exactly. And it was interesting because the other chemists had been there for years, but for whatever reason, either they weren't absorbing what he was saying, or maybe it was just my time to be there. And he really wanted to pass on the knowledge. Like I heard someone once tell me he was an institution in the industry, always teaching. So when you're like cutting your teeth, in the industry, you know, it's large, but it's small. And someone with such knowledge who was ready to pour it into you if you're ready to receive. I mean, I think I had the best entryway into the industry because in a consulting company, I got to work on so many different things. And one day I can be working on a shampoo or a sunscreen. And then later in the afternoon, a feminine hygiene product. So it gave me expertise in not a category like color or shampoos, but the chemistry, surfactants, emulsions. So I can take that base knowledge and apply it to, if I wanted to go into makeup, I know emulsion technology. So I can go into makeup. I know surfactant technology. So I can go and do hair care, body care. I mean, it was the perfect entryway for me to come into this industry, learn all I can, and make a mark the way I was destined to do. Do you remember the first product you helped to formulate? The most impactful thing that I remember is the one that I started to learn myself. Because one of the things I did was I wanted to be able to start to put things together myself. So he gave me a project. And he said, pick a product, any product, and we'll what we call reverse engineer it. So reverse engineering is basically taking a product and duping it by looking at the list, the ingredient list on the back. The first one was a baby magic baby lotion. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh-huh. So that was my first project to be able to reverse engineer and make it from scratch and uh, even reaching out to the fragrance suppliers to get the matching fragrance. Like it was a project that I really embraced.
0: Let's talk about timing. What's the life cycle? How long does it take to formulate a product?
1: Every place that I have been, the timeline that we have given customers is ninety days. We want this formula completed in ninety days. Now, it's a lot different working in a contract manufacturing environment than in a consulting company because in a consulting company, they're buying the chemists. Basically, they're buying your services. So it really depends on their timeline. If they are really picky, those three months turn into six months. If they have no timeline and they're just picking, so they want the absolute perfect product, that three months could easily stretch out. And that's when we're like, wait a minute. If you know what you want, three months should give us the amount of time to nail the benchmark or come up with it from scratch, unless it's super innovative and it's never been done before then that could take upwards to a year because it's never been done before. You have to think about why. Maybe it's because the technology to make it happen doesn't exist yet. So we have to kind of create a makeshift technology. So the more innovative and out of the box it is, the longer it'll take. But usually it should take about three months.
0: Walk me through what materials come from a client to say, I want a product. Do they give you a brief? What's in the brief?
1: Yes, yeah, so they give me a brief and I want benchmarks for everything. I don't want to leave anything up to my own interpretation. So if you say, I love the viscosity or you know the thickness of a product, give it to me because I want to see what viscosity you're really interested in. If you say, oh, I love the playtime. Well, give me a product of a playtime that you love. And playtime is just the amount of time it takes From the time you put the product on your skin until it absorbs. The amount of time you're rubbing it, we call that play time. Some people like it short. Some people want it really long. Tell me what you want. And the best way is to show me an example. The more examples I have, it's like putting a puzzle together. So now I have a puzzle for how you want it to smell because you've given me a fragrance or a fragrance benchmark. I now know the color you want because you've given me a Pantone chip or you've given me the color of a product or a color of a cap. I know how you want it to apply and break on the skin. Do you want it to take a long time to break or do you want it to break as soon as it hits the skin? If you give me a benchmark for everything, then that puts the story in front of me. And then when I'm going to the bench, and I'm evaluating it, I can say, okay, nope, it doesn't break right. So I'm not sending you stuff that does this way off because I'm using my own, like, I like it. (laughs) You may not like what I like. And so all of that is highlighted in a brief. And sometimes a person just loves one particular product and they just maybe want to change two or three things about it. So, okay, well, I just want the viscosity to be a little lower because I wanted, instead of the jar, I wanted to come out of a pump. Okay, that's easy enough. So I like to spend as much time up front going over the different parameters of the formula and the attributes, because that's how we get it there in three months.
0: What is it like to work in contract manufacturing?
1: Contract manufacturing is really fast paced. And my role is very unique within the contract manufacturing, because I can do sales, I can do product development, and I'm technical. So my role is not really one that you would find at every contract manufacturer. And the beauty of working with a contract manufacturer, especially in my role, is I get to work with many different brands and I like to become like a part of their DNA, understand who they are, what they want, really visit them a lot, constantly be in contact with them so I know who they are as a brand, where they want to go. What they like, who their customers are, and really, I say I have like ten brands of my own because I have to know this about each of the brand. Because if I'm bringing new innovation, it has to make sense. It has to fit within your portfolio. So I'm not going to give you a moisturizing cream, you know, for dry skin, is you have one already. So it's paying attention to what's already in their line, knowing doing the white space analysis. So it's a lot of being super engaged in each brand to the point where they think I'm a part of their team when it comes to ideation and they have an idea it's like second nature they don't even think about it they just send me an email or give me a call hey Nikki what do you think about this and it's like oh well you know what the FDA may frown upon that but maybe if you reposition it this way you're playing in safer territory or if I see a new ingredient I'm reaching out to them say hey I just met with this vendor and they have this ingredient. I'm thinking we can do this, this, and this with it. Let's talk about it. And then a brief comes from that. So I'm able to work with their technical team. I'm able to work with their marketing team and their product development team. So it's fast paced and there's a timeline we have to follow meeting critical dates, meaning if the formula has to be approved by this day so it can start stability this day and it can be ready for shipping this day. Start
0: Right Here is brought to you by Beauty Biz Camp, where we equip and inspire the next generation of industry leaders. Head over to our website, beautybizcamp.com, for more information and sign up for our mailing list so you can stay in the know about our upcoming programming. I have two questions first. Take me through the steps here. So you talked about stability. So it's not only formulating, Take me through that because there are multiple steps that have to happen before you get to launch.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of smaller brands skip these steps. And I would advise you not to do that anymore. So the development piece, that's actually the easier piece. You know, you have the product. If you look at the life cycle of a brand from conception to launch, it can take upwards to nine to 12 months, depending on the time it takes to develop the formula. So that time is actually a really small piece because after that, then you have stability. Stability is typically 12 weeks. In a perfect world, you have stability in glass and stability in your final component. In my world, in a contract manufacturer, by the time we finished a formula, we want you to have the component already selected so that once the formula has been approved, we can put it up on stability. And when I say put it up on stability, what we do is we put it up in different temperatures and different relative humidities to see how the formula responds. If it's really hot for three months, if it's at room temperature for three months, if it's really cold and it goes from cold to room temperature, like so if it's traveling on a truck and a truck doesn't have any type of temperature control, if it goes through a cold zone and the products get really cold and maybe even freeze, is it going to come back and look like the same product we started with? The goal is to make sure the product maintains its integrity. If it started out as one phase, we want it to end in one phase. <laughs> we don't want two or three different phases. And so that's what stability is. And as consumers are using it and it's sitting on the shelf, you want to make sure that the preservatives survive. So that can be from four weeks to seven weeks, depending on the type of test they want. So already we're at what, 12 plus four to 16 weeks. If you do the bare minimum, a lot of times you run them side by side. And then after that, what people don't take into account is safety testing. If I put this on a person, how is the person's skin going to react? And what's interesting is the FDA does not require you to do safety testing. However, if you don't, you are supposed to put a warning label on the bottle saying, warning, this product has not been tested for safety. Have you ever seen that? I've, I've never seen that. I've never seen that either. However, I know some of these brands have not gone through safety testing.
0: And you think about, I'm not shading people that make stuff in their kitchen. That opens up a whole door to things that
1: could go wrong well, you're opening yourself up for liability. And so these testing laboratories work with everybody. Do your research, kitchen chemists. I love y'all, but do your research. I'm sure your products are wonderful. Just make sure that they are well tested.
0: Yeah. I think that's great advice for kitchen chemists. But then there is something like sunscreen. When you're developing that, then there's additional hurdles that you have to clear in order to get that product to market?
1: Yeah, because that's regulated by the FDA. So they require testing in order to prove that the active that you put in there is going to be there in two years. So their stability test is almost, is the same different temperatures and different relative humidities, but it has to be in a final package and you have to have real time stability going on. Meaning you can do accelerate it in order to launch because they don't expect you to hold on to a product for two years and then nothing would be out but while you're doing your accelerated stability you also have to have real time stability going so then you have to check it you know from 6 months to 9 months 12 months 18 24 now even on the 36 and then you have to do certain validation batches so you can't just say oh i want to make a sunscreen i'm going to go to a contract manufacturer and i'm going to develop this to my specifications just the way i like it have some money to do that cuz it's expensive Who uses a contract manufacturer? Everybody uses contract manufacturers, except for those, you know, doing the small batches. Usually they're doing it in their home. But once they grow, they can't manage that scale. Even they then come to a contract manufacturer. And at that point, we're looking at your formula, converting it from teaspoons to percentages and (laughs) getting it ready for big time, you know? That's some of the reasons that they're coming is overhead.
0: The larger company's timeline in order to meet deadlines. E- to
1: market, a lot of them are actually outsourcing because we have technology that their team may not be working on, and they'll get much faster to market working through us than going through their teams. Because when we do it and we manufacture it and they kind of buy it from us turnkey, then they don't have to go through all the coding and raw materials in their system, which could take two years. For us, they're buying the final product. And yeah, they do their due diligence. They run it through their safety teams to make sure the formulas are safe. But it cuts down a lot of internal bureaucracy and red tape that they have to go through if it was internally developed. So it definitely gives them more flexibility and the ability to compete with some of these smaller brands that are challenging them and really pushing the way they think.
0: How do you stay abreast of New ingredients, new technology. I mean, the kind of work you're doing now, you've got to know what's happening all the time.
1: Absolutely. I'm kind of bummed because there's a trade show that we go to in Europe every year that this year was in Barcelona that we couldn't go to because of COVID. But I have built great relationships over the years. So they come to me with new stuff before it launches, which I can then proactively pitch to my customers so they can be first to launch with this new ingredient. Definitely paying attention to what's happening in academia and in foods and bringing some of those ingredients over and just really being plugged into everything, reading medical journals and seeing what they're doing and looking for suppliers to see if there's a way that we can bring that really interesting ingredient into cosmetics. So it's really paying attention to different industries as well as really being plugged into the suppliers in our industry. It comes down to leveraging relationships. How I've gotten this far really has come down to networking, getting my name out there and leveraging relationships.
0: One of the things that is interesting is that a lot of media companies rely on your expertise when it comes to evaluating
1: products. Yeah, that happened actually from, I know I love Shonda Rhimes books. Was it like the year saying yes or the year of yes? Mm -hmm. That all came to be because I took one call that my business partner at the time was like, can you just take this call? And it was the ability to take a complex concept and make an analogy to something that was relatable that she could write about for her readers. And from that one call, she called me again gave her my number to a friend. And that's really how it started. And it's so much fun because I get to get inside view of what excites a beauty editor. So even that is very beneficial when I'm crafting products, because from a formula standpoint, I have to create a formula that is strong enough to pass the scrutiny of my peers, other chemists, because I can't be out there saying, oh, well, this product does A, B, and C, and chemists are looking at my ingredient list like, no, it's not. She is full of it. She just out here being a media whore, and I have been called that before. Um, Get out! Yeah, but that's how I design a product. I design a product to pass the scrutiny of my peers, but yet that's interesting enough to be able to capture the attention of a beauty editor.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important because, as a former beauty editor that was in the day to day of that, you know, you see so much and you are skeptical. You are skeptical of a lot of spin because marketers are really good. We got to give it to the marketers. But sometimes you're sitting there going, really? <laughs> Really, what it does? Was well, that just, you know, smoke and mirrors? There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in this industry. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful things, but there are a lot of smoke and mirrors. And, you know, one of the attributes of a good beauty editor is learning how to have a BS meter and learning to know the difference and to question. I know roundups are popular and that's lovely, but you still have to know your stuff at the end of the day so that you can figure out what belongs in the roundup. Not that it just looked pretty.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I get a lot of good questions. I get a lot of questions that make me think like, huh, okay, well, I didn't think of it that way. So let me just take a step back and take out the marketing and just come to the ingredient in the science. What does the science say? Because that marketing did a hell of a job with that story. I had me almost believe in it. <laughs> yes. I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. These are claims that we've made before. While the ingredients are not new, the way they're speaking about it is different. So not to discredit the ingredients or the marketing story, because it's true, but they're just applying it and kind of speaking to it differently to fit within this particular trend. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not breakthrough.
0: That's true. Tell me about your line because you've started creating your own stuff. So well, let's talk about that for a second.
1: Yes. So Nikita Wilson, beauty chemist, was actually born before the inclusion movement. I get on my soapbox sometimes, but I feel like Black women are just not respected in the beauty industry or in society as a whole for all the richness and culture that we bring. We are constantly being dogged for it or other cultures are taking a credit and making things popular as if they woke up and all of a sudden they had this idea when it's things that we have been clowned for for our entire lives growing up. And so I just want a brand that just celebrated and appreciated Black women for all that we are, all that we do, all that we contribute to society Nikita Wilson Beauty Chemist is a brand that really makes sure we're good at the heart first. We sell products because I'm a chemist. It's easy. But at the crux of it, I just wanted to create a space and a brand, you know, to just lift us up and encourage us without being super corny. But listen, I love us. I really do. And I want to see us win. I want to see us lift each other up and fix that crown. And like, it's all about positivity and just making sure we're straight. And they know that. In all these seas of brands that we are here for you and we're unapologetic about it, even though anybody can use our products, we're not saying you can't use it, but you're not my priority. Black women are my priority, making sure that we have the education that we need on different products and so knowing your skin. And that's part of the pivot that we spoke about earlier before we came, the tape started rolling of how during this COVID time, we're really pivoting and getting back to the true heart of who we are. It's not about selling products, but it's about giving you the tools to make you feel your best. Like if hyperpigmentation is causing you to feel self-conscious, then here's a product to help you get out of that because you are gorgeous. And once you know it on the inside, it's going to come out. So now we're just going to help shape that on the outside so that it all matches up. But I don't want to sell you a product to fix the outside if you're not feeling good about yourself. That goes against our mission. I love the idea. And yes,
0: we have seen a lot about inclusion, and that is a great thing. But there is nothing like another Black woman, a Black brand that lifts you up, a person that understands intimately your position, your struggle. Mm-hmm your joys.
1: Right. And I run it with my sister and my nephew. So it's a project that me and my sister get to work on together, which I absolutely love. She is my best friend and she brings a different perspective. She's a kitchen chemist in her own right. And she's just as passionate about it as I am. And it's a way for us to bring something into this world. You know, I have daughters, she has sons, but it's like, we want something that they can be proud of, that they can See their parents doing something, their mom is doing something, and know that it's not just about the money because it was about the money. I had to quit a long time ago because it's certainly not making me rich. But if I can help another woman feel better about herself, and again, like I said, we're more about the heart. So we send weekly lift me up messages, email. We try and do quotes like if you come to the website, there's a book list inspiring videos on YouTube by Black women. We're about treating you holistically from the inside out. And we want to build you up. We can all win together. Let's do it. Let's make it happen.
0: But I want to see you and your sister talking.
1: Oh, yeah. We're actually going to start a podcast called Sister Beauty.
0: Okay. I want to see that. I think that that is needed. That's because I'm all inspired just hearing you talk. So just hearing you alone. So if you and your sister get together, it's going to lift the hearts and minds. We know that beauty comes from within and that planting those seeds of beauty.
1: And yeah. And that you can go through some stuff. You can go through some stuff and still make it out. Okay. And don't let those bumps and humps in life and roadblocks and obstacles and ditches that we go through, you know, let's talk about it. Let's put it out on a table where we started, where we are now, and how our story may not be unique, but it's our story.
0: When do you know that it's time to try something new in your
1: career? You know when the situations start to become tension-ridden and toxic, and sometimes you don't know until an opportunity is presented before you and it's on your radar, then you're like, you know what, maybe it is time for a change. And I'm speaking to something that's actually going on right now that maybe I'll have something to tell you about later. But it was just something that was just like, I'm happy. Like I'm doing my thing. I have responsibility. And for me, I'm not happy if I'm not a part of something. If I'm not a part of the bigger picture, if I'm not part of the strategy, that's just me personally. My nature is I want to be part of the movement towards change, the movement towards doing the growth. If I'm not, then I'm not feeling fulfilled. I know teamwork makes the dream work is a cliche, but that is what I live by because I want to be a part of the team that is supporting each other and working together for the common goal. I was in a situation where it was, you got to watch your back. If you're not in that room defending yourself, God only knows what's being talked about. And that I can't, I don't thrive well under that. Like I'm not coming to work to be a best friend, but I want to laugh. I want to trust you. I want to know that we are all in this together. And when we have successes, we celebrate together. When we have failures, we all sit down, roll up our sleeves and we don't point fingers. We say, okay, what happened?" Let's do a post-mortem. Where do we drop the ball? And let's come up with a solution together so we're not in this place again. That's where I thrive. That's what I built for my teams. People tell me all the time, they're going to get me a t-shirt that teamwork makes the dream work because without a solid team, you can't do anything. You know, it takes all of us, all of our perspectives. It takes all of our initiatives to move things forward. I said all that to say, what was your question? (laughs) No,
0: that's good. You answered that question at the beginning. When do you know it's time to leave? But you also said, what do you look for? Like, how do you put together teams? You answered that too. I didn't even have to ask you that. You answered that too. Thank you so much. Now let's move on to
1: our fast track questions. What was the
0: first beauty product you ever tried?
1: Can we go back to like when I was five or six, the Bonnie Bell lip balm? <laughs> yes.
0: What was the last product you tried for yourself as opposed to for work since you that's all you do is try yes. products?
1: Yes. <laughs> this is how you know you had too much stuff. A couple of years ago, I bought this mask maker. It makes cellulose masks and you put in water and like fruit juices and things like that. And it'll make a mask for you. And you can customize it. And I bought it because I'm like, oh, I got all the goodies. So I'm not just using fruit juice, but I'm going to use all the stuff that you're at my disposal. And I had it for two years. I just used it over the weekend. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun because like, I got to experiment. It wasn't pressure. It wasn't for work. It was just, let me take the dust off of this box and open it. And I had a couple of failures because, you know, it was talking to me, but I wasn't listening.
0: If you had to give up a type of product.
1: Me personally, I can live without some of the anti-wrinkle products that I have. I don't have many wrinkles, but I use them for preventative measures. But I can do without them. I'm all about more evening out my skin tone and making sure my skin doesn't sag. Because, you know, black don't crack, but it certainly sags. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so more products for lifting and firming and less for wrinkles. What's the beauty advice
0: you live by or leave alone?
1: For me, the beauty advice that I live by is always with your sunscreen.
0: Now, do you have a sunscreen that What well, used to be hard for Black women to find a sunscreen that was not chalky or gray? Mm-hmm.
1: I have not found a decent all-mineral sunscreen yet. I have not. So uh, I tend to stick with ones that are more at quote unquote, as people say, chemical. I hate that term, but that's what people know. So I've actually started using Black Girl Sunscreen. And I really like that in Target. In Target, so
0: Me too. I've been using it too. I like it enough that I can use it daily and it's not going to like... Be greasy. And- yeah, greasy. And I'm not wearing foundation these days. I mean, with masks and all that stuff, but... There was a time that I was using a different sunscreen and it would make the foundation just like slip off my skin.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I have very oily skin, very oily skin. So I don't need anything that's going to add to it. As someone told me, you have such a beautiful natural glow. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. This is oil, but (laughs) thank you for putting it in. I appreciate you. Yeah, so that doesn't sit on my skin and leave it too greasy and oily.
0: Yeah, I use it as well. So shout out to Black Girl Sunscreen. What advice would you offer someone starting out or was interested in following in your path?
1: Network, network, network. Make relationships. I have to tell you, I only use my resume for the very first job that I got in this industry. After that, I got jobs by word of mouth, where after I was already hired, they would say, oh, can you send me your resume? So network, 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 and network for people like your peers who are coming in with you, because as you come in together, you guys are going to go to different levels and different places. And you don't network just for need, but it just so happens that when you cultivate relationships, It's easy to go to somebody and say, hey, do you know somebody that can help me with this? But when you start networking, make sure you network to build the relationship. If you collect a business card, make sure you use it. It's all about relationships. And you're always going to need to leverage a relationship in any industry, whether you're beauty, pharmaceuticals, medicine, it is so important that you nurture relationships and that you get out there and you make a name for yourself however you could that's another great piece of advice that my mentor gave me he pushed me into the forefront he said you need to start speaking at seminars you need to write articles you need to get your name out there that was the best piece of advice that's what got me to where i am right now that's where when i'm sitting with customers. I don't know them, but they say, Oh my God, I read your name in an article. Are you the same Nikita Wilson? Like, yeah, that's me. So, before I even walk in a room, when they see my name, there's already a confidence level that, oh, she knows what she's talking about. So, get yourself out there, whatever industry you're in. Hopefully, is beauty because we're talking beauty and we want you. We need you. But reach out. Reach out to me. If you're listening to this podcast, reach out to me. Stay in touch. Reach out to Corinne. Stay in touch because It's important for one, just having somebody to be able to talk to and to bounce things off. I have a different mentor who helped me when I was creating my brand and she's like, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. And I was like, that's what I'm here for. And she helped guide me, you know, with the logo and she sold her brand for a half billion dollars. She knows what she's talking about. I trust her judgment, (laughs) you know?
0: Wow. It was great just to have her opinion. And what you're saying is so important that you cultivate the relationships so that you don't go with an ask in your hand to cultivate a relationship. Everyone, I was going to say young people, but I would think everyone needs to understand that you don't go with an ask in your hand and you can't get to know somebody with an ask.
1: Exactly. You can't. People can sniff out an ulterior motive in having those conversations. You may get answers that you need just from having those conversations. And then if you do need something, it's not weird that you're asking me for something. Because we have a relationship. At that point, right. it would mean nothing to me because we have a relationship. So I can connect you to this person. You know, I can do the intro. Absolutely. Because I now know you. I know what you're about. I've had a relationship with you. So now my currency, which is my reputation... I'm willing to put on a line for you because I know you. If I don't know you, I'm not putting my currency on a line for you.
0: Ooh, that's a word right there. Currency equals reputation. <laughs> if you think about your reputation that way, that is currency that is has value. You won't throw it around like it's worthless.
1: Exactly. 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 And your reputation will always precede you. So what you what you put out and who you are at these functions if that's what you want people to think about you behind closed doors, when you're not in a room, then fine. Just know that, you know, what you put out and who you want to be is what you should put out. And always be yourself because people can sniff, you know, if you're not being authentic, we can sniff out fakes. We can sniff out people who are trying to be something that they're not. Just be you. Be authentic. If you're a loud laugher, laugh loud. <laughs> be you, you know, just Don't try and change who you are to try and fit in because you're not being true to yourself and the people can't get to know the real you. And we want to know the real you because the real you has value. And I know me. I don't need to know you and me. If you're just like me, I know me already. (laughs) You know, I like to surround myself with people who are not like me because that's how I get different perspectives to really be able to have the best ideas.
0: So into all of our listeners who are tuning in today, you hear some really, really smart advice, not only about what it takes to be a cosmetic chemist, work in product development in contract manufacturing, but also how to build a career. Because I think that it's not always calculated moves, but authenticity that helps move you forward. Yes, you have to think through where you want to be, but you have to th- do that authentically or else it, it, you know, you just it's just going to be hollow at the end I agree yeah, very well said very well said well thank you Nikita this has been amazing
1: well thank you so much this was fun and I appreciate and honored that you even reach out to me to do this hell yeah I'm, I'm honored that you accepted
0: that's our show for today remember that there's more than one way to the top and the most important step
1: is the first one so start right here